You're listening to The Happy Hour Effect, episode 29. Do you ever lay awake at night in bed, worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet, tossing and turning for hours? Listen now for three fast ways to ditch those fears. Hello, 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 Kristen Brown here, and you are listening to the Happy Hour Effect podcast. This is episode 29, and today we are talking about facing your fears. You probably heard in the show intro the little analogy about laying awake in bed at night, and I know if I could see a show of hands, every single one of you would have your hand up because we've all laid awake in bed at night worrying about something that hasn't even happened. Thoughts spinning in our mind. What if? What's going to happen? Is this decision right? Oh my gosh, worst case scenario in the world. <laughs> and these fears are actually irrational. There are things that have not even happened yet and may not ever happen, probably won't ever happen. But yet we allow them to control our current present state by causing us stress, by causing us anxiety and all this worry and lack of sleep that then leads to physical symptoms and relationship issues. It's a really big deal when you've got these fears that are really paralyzing you, preventing you from really living your best life right now. So today we're going to talk about three ways that you can try to shift that mindset. And it is not easy. When you've got something you're worrying about, something that feels very real at the time, it's not easy to get that stuff out of your head. But I'm going to give you some ways to hopefully start to shift your thinking so that you can start moving forward, despite the possible maybe maybe 1% chance that some of this stuff actually happens, all right? So before we jump in, I just want to remind you that if you want the show notes, the links to anything I mentioned during the show, or just a quick recap, just head over to the show notes page. You can go to Happy Hour Effect, click on podcast. This is episode number 29, Face Your Fears, and all that info will be right there. And I always forget, I always tell myself to do this, and then I remind myself after the show, and like, oh shoot, I didn't do it. But I love LinkedIn. It is my favorite thing, and I I would love to connect with you there. So if you are a podcast listener, head over to LinkedIn, link in with me, Kristen Brown, search for Happy Hour Effect or Kristen Brown, and you will find me. Link in so that I can learn more about you, so I can learn what kinds of jobs you have, what kind of lives you have, and what kind of professional lives you have so that I can create show content that is amazing for you. So when you link in, just say, hey, I listened to your podcast, and then I'll know who you are. And so just, again, head over to LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you there. Now, let's jump into this show. Face your fears. I asked a few weeks ago, maybe it was even a couple months ago, I asked on Facebook and by email what some people wanted to hear about as far as topics for this show. And I bet you 75% of the comments were about fear. How to get past those fears that hold us back sometimes. How to know if a decision is really the best thing for yourself, for your family, for your colleagues. Maybe you're in a leadership role and wondering if it's the right way for your company or your team to go. And fear can be so, so devastating in our lives because when we let it take control of our thoughts, it prevents us from making room and time for those things that are positive to help keep us moving forward. Fear really does stop us in our tracks and keep us where we're at. And I'll give you an example of this. Back when I was widowed almost eight years ago now, for those of you that don't know me or you're listening for the first time, I was widowed. And I had a 10-month-old baby at the time. And I would lay awake at night, worried that my daughter, who at the time, again, was 10 months old, 
that she was going to turn into a drug addict. She was going to get pregnant at age 13 and she was going to run away from home because she didn't have a dad and I was going to be a single mom and I was falling into these stupid, fearful stereotypes. And I would lay awake at night worried about this. And she was 10 months old. And I'm not kidding you. I laid awake for hours and hours for years worrying about this until she was, you know, old enough to talk to me and tell me, you know, that what she was thinking. And I felt like, okay, this kid is going to turn out okay. But it was that paralyzed thinking that kept me from sleeping. It kept me worried. It kept me from really thinking about other things in my life. And I eventually found ways to get through it. And I'm going to share some of those with you today. But it's that kind of stuff that can really take us down, prevent us from moving forward in our lives. So let's jump into this. What are some ways that you can get over this? Well, the first tip is I want you to take that thing that you're spinning on, that thing you're worrying about. I want you to imagine the very worst thing that could happen. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you are saying, what? I don't want to hear. I don't want to think about the worst thing that can happen. That's already what I do. But I really want you to get serious. I want you to take a piece of paper right now. Pause this. Grab a piece of paper. Are you getting it? Seriously, get a piece of paper. Now you're back. And I want you to write down the worst things that could happen if this thing you're worrying about, stressing about, fretting about actually happened. What are the worst things? When I was in corporate America, when I was raising my infant daughter and I was so stressed out and I was so worried about things, I was absolutely terrified of leaving my stressful job because the economy had crashed. I was worried I would go bankrupt. I was worried that, you know, I wasn't going to have a job and be able to pay the bills. And finally, I read this book called 101010 by Susie Welch. And in this book, she challenges you to think about the impact of your decisions in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years. And one thing that I pulled out of that was thinking about these worst case scenarios. What's the worst thing that could happen to me based on this decision? If I were to leave corporate America, if I left in 10 months, how am I going to feel in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years? So I knew if I left that job in 10 minutes, I would feel great, but I would be terrified. In 10 months, I thought, oh my gosh, worst case scenario, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to be paying my bills. It's going to not be good. I'm going to lose my house. In 10 years, I thought, well, gosh, in 10 years by then, oh, worst thing that could happen. Oh, I'll probably have another job by then. Um, I, I couldn't get anywhere. I couldn't think of anything worse than losing my house. And I knew that leaving that job wouldn't kill me. It wouldn't kill my daughter. And so that helped me just to feel like, okay, I don't have to sit and lay awake thinking about the worst case scenarios about leaving the job because it wasn't gonna kill me. And there are times in in all seriousness where Some of us have health complications, things that could potentially kill you, that it's a life or death thing. When that happens, you know, definitely get some professional help. Be talking to your doctor about stuff like that. But for those things that aren't, those other stresses in life that we worry about, number one is thinking about the worst case scenarios. What are the worst things that could possibly happen if this thing you're worrying about came true? Now, the second part of this, number two, I want you to then flip it. What's the best case scenario if you were to do something about this thing coming true? For me, again, when I was trying to decide if I should leave corporate America and start my own business, my best case scenario was, okay, 10 minutes, leaving the job. I'd be drinking a glass of wine and hallelujah and all the way to the end of the day. But 10 months from now, well, best case scenario, I could have started a business and it would be doing well. 10 years from now, 
I wouldn't even remember this bad job that I had. I would have either a new job or my business would have taken off. I would have a great, amazing life. And again, that flipping to the best case scenario then made me feel like, okay, I'm scared of some things, but look at what could happen if I just take the leap. Imagine what could happen if I face this fear head on and I just say, I'm going after this decision or this change, even though I don't know what's going to happen. Because for a lot of us, it's just that unknown, not knowing what's going to happen if we make a decision. So these first two steps, number one, imagining the worst case scenario, and number two, imagining the best case scenario, you're laying out all possible options, right? And I don't take credit for the 10-10-10. That's all Susie Welch from her book. So definitely get that. I don't recommend books a lot, but I love that one. And take a look at any decisions or fears that are holding you back right now. And think about how making a decision one way or another, or how if that were to come to be in your real life, the best and worst case scenarios of each in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years. And I promise you that will give you so much clarity. It even helps for little things like dessert. You know, okay, this dessert was good. Should I have a second piece of dessert? Well, if I have another piece of dessert in 10 minutes, it's going to be yummy and delicious. and I'm going to be really happy because my taste buds are going to be happy. Well, in 10 months, if I keep taking second pieces of dessert at every meal, I'm probably going to have 10 extra pounds on me, maybe more. In 10 years, if I've been taking second pieces of dessert all those years, ooh, you're probably going to have some pretty substantial health consequences, right? So it helps you to see that short term, you may feel good, but long term, not so much. Sometimes it's vice versa. Short term, you may feel bad. Long term, you may feel good. So best and worst case scenarios are some of the most powerful things you can do when you're really scared, when you're fearful of moving ahead with something. So that's one and two. Number three, this one's really important. It's about control. And this is all about identifying one thing, one super, super small thing you can do to improve a situation or a decision or a stress point. So if you're laying in bed worrying about money and you're thinking, I have so much debt, I don't know how I'm going to pay this, how I'm getting myself into so much trouble, or I have to file for bankruptcy, or my husband and I are fighting about money all the time, what is one super small thing you can do to start to take back control? Even if it's saying, okay, tomorrow I'm packing my own lunch and I'm not going to go buy lunch tomorrow. I'm saving five bucks. What's one tiny thing? For me, You know, when I was laying in bed thinking about my daughter and her becoming a drug addict and pregnant at age 13 and running away from home, it it all started after I read 101010, where I started imagining best and worst case scenarios. And then I said, okay, well, what can I do to ensure that the best case scenario happens and not the worst? And then I started reading books on parenting and all of that. Like, how can I be a good mom despite the crap we had gone through, right, as me being widowed and her not having a dad. So the small things that I started doing then was just being present in her life, making sure that I'm a fun mom, making sure that I don't lie to her and that she knows we have this open relationship. And she's eight now. And so she's still, you know, she still is on board with that stuff that I implemented way back when she was really small. In fact, this morning, she asked me about Santa and the Easter Bunny if they were real. And she said, why does Santa's handwriting why is it the same as the Easter Bunny's handwriting? Uh, well, because it's my handwriting, but 
she said, Mom, if I find out that you're lying to me about the Easter Bunny and Santa being real when I get older, I'm going to be really mad at you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> so the lie, I, I think me telling her that I will never lie to her might kick me in the butt a little bit, come back to hurt me later, but we'll see. I'll let you know on a future episode when, when she comes to find out that Santa and the Easter Bunny are not real. Anyway, I digress. So back to identifying the one thing you can do to improve a situation. Think about something small. You know, if it's if you're thinking about leaving a job, well, what's something small that you could do? Well, you could update your resume. You could update your LinkedIn profile. Be sure when you update your LinkedIn profile that you turn off the notifications to your network. Otherwise, everyone you're connected to will see that you're updating your profile and be like, oh, she's job hunting. <laughs> you don't want that to happen at your cur- for your current employee team or your boss, right? So, you know, those small little steps can really help you feel more in control of the scary situations and help that fear feel less less paralyzing to what you're going to do with your future. So those are the three. Number one, imagining the worst case scenarios. Number two, imagining the best case scenarios, which is really fun. And number three, identifying one small thing you can do to improve a situation, to make a decision become real to help you feel like you're taking control of that fear that's paralyzing you because of the worry over something that may or may not have ever happened. All right. So let me know, talk to me, either post below the show notes, send me an email, post in social media, but I want to know how you keep moving forward when you feel so fearful, when you're paralyzed by indecision, wondering what's going to happen, wondering if the next move is going to be the right one for you, your family, your work team. And also tell me, if you listened to this and you thought, okay, I am stuck on something, okay, what's a small step that you can take? And email me, share that with me. I want to know what small steps you're taking because I want to compile those and, and share those with other people so that everyone can help each other here. We're all going through this crazy game of life together. So why not pool resources and, and send me your best ideas and we'll get those out there in social media and and share with the world and help us all get through some of this fear that paralyzes us. So thank you for listening. If you love the show, I would really appreciate it if you would pop over, look at the show notes, get all the links for the things that I shared during the show. Also subscribe to the show on iTunes, give it a quick five-star little love review, and please share it with others. You know, my goal is to help as many people as I can, 1 million people. I want to help 1 million people make change happen. And I'm tallying it up on a little note card that I need to make more formal into some sort of little some sort of little temperature graph thing so that you can see as I'm helping people and you can see the tally rise and rise and rise over the year. But I would love it if you would share. And again, I'd love your feedback. Share anything that you would love to hear on the show in the future. Again, I'm Kristen Brown. This is the Happy Hour Effect Podcast, episode 29, Face Your Fears. I look forward to seeing you next time.